Creative New Zealand is majorly overhauling its funding structure with eight new funds to open between March and August. The change follows the Arts Council's admission that its current arts grant system is no longer fit for purpose, and the restructure has been received warmly by the arts sector, which is the sort of good news that Creative New Zealand Chief Executive Stephen Wainwright probably needs right now. COVID-19 and the rising cost of living have put the arts and culture sector under enormous strain. And then uh, there have been the headlines. Criticism of funding decisions have featured often in the press in the last 18 months. There was the theatre production of Tusiata Avia's The Savage Colonizer, the median of storm around the Shakespeare Globe Centre's funding, and digital business network We Are Indigo, just to name a few. While Stephen Wainwright steps down from his role later this year, he's been at the Arts Council for some 33 years, the last 17 as the chief executive, and he joins me on Culture 101 now. Kia ora, Stephen. Kia ora, Mark. Good to be here. Oh, pretty good. Thank good. you, Tino Pai. Yeah, Waitangi weekend, and I think it's very interesting this year. And yourself? Uh, well, a, as you say, it's an interesting start to the year, and we're yeah. going to have a bit of reflection time over... The, the kind of, you know, Waitangi period, where our nation's going and what matters. So. You had a shocking, I was going to say, leave this to the end of the interview, but I'm going to start with it. You had a shocking start to the last year with the January floods. And, we did. Um, and and you, yourself being pulled up in terms of the way uh, staff were looked after at the airport in Auckland. That must have been really difficult. It was, and, um, you know... Uh, uh, it was we didn't meet our own expectations or others, and you know we apologised immediately. There was a you know um, uh, the board had a look at it, which was you know what you'd hope for. So that was a bad start to the year. Mm. We seem to be in, in. There's a phrase I don't know if you've heard of it called um, "poly crisis," which is the, the, the world is in poly crisis, <laughs> which is you know. Um, Things. I haven't heard that expression. Oh, it's, 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 it's the multiverse, and then there's the poly crisis. Exactly, and and really, you know, and, and you know, we all know this from living in our remote country at the bottom of the world. You know, there's all kinds of things that can kind of mug you that don't appear on your risk register. You know, whether it's a national emergency, like the, the I think the Auckland flood was like the third emergency we've had in 50 years or something. And then the devastation down the east coast. A lot of it's climate related, but you know, then there's other things that you didn't have in your risk register, like you know, the coronavirus. Yeah. And it's just kind of, um, uh, not you know, it can feel a bit like wave after wave, I suppose. Well, with that one, um, that you, there was a clear statement that you needed to rebuild some trust in, in house. Do you think you've managed to do that in the last year? Uh, oh, I, I. Uh, I hope so. Um, we've certainly worked hard at it, as well as with you know the arts community more broadly, um, and the context that, of course, we're all operating in. Uh, you know, I think really the COVID crisis has changed everything, including you know the, the rhythms of of life, the rhythms of government, um, and everything. You know, many cogs tend to be turning simultaneously in a way that um, just didn't happen quite the same before. Can you explain that in relationship to what happened at the airport at that time? Oh, no, what's well, been happening in terms of this poly crisis? Oh, well, no, that was just one example of yeah. something, you know, like um, you, you don't expect there to be a national emergency and, you know, the, <laughs> your, your plane to yes. to hit the, um, the marker and, you know, turn around and come back to the airport. You know, it's not on your mind. Yeah, all right. And... Yeah. Um, 
and then of course you know there was the uh, the you know, in Northland and, and in Tarafiti, the East Coast, the the, the floods and you know, there's just you know a lot going on which people are you know there's a lot of responding to things. Mm. It's hard to find the space it seems to you know um, bring to bear things which used to be much more common, like you know well let's do a strategy or a policy and spend some time working on that with the community and off we go. You know that's seems harder to squeeze in. The climate crisis is now, they might say, some people. Well, yeah, well, yeah certainly. We've had time for planning. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you, know, you know what human nature is like. It's like doing your assignment. You know, you know it was due six weeks out, but most people do it the night before or finish it the night before. I guess that's human nature to a degree. Yeah. You're, um, you've announced your departure. You're, you're, you're leaving this year, I understand. Um, have you got a date yet? No. Um, my... my um, in fact, I was just thinking about that. You know, it was a live discussion with the, the former chairman of, of the um, Arts Council, and you know, then there's always things to do, and so I've been. I wanted to give the council as much notice as possible to go through a you know very kind of um, orderly um, recruitment process. You know, so they could cast the net far and wide and do the best job that, that that they could to select a replacement. And um, that's underway now. Um, and the exact timing, of course, is contingent on, you know, a few variables you just don't know. Like, so possibly finding the right person is the, is a key part of that. Oh, of course. But then you mm. don't know what, you know, notice period that person has to work out. Yep. You know, perhaps they might be having to relocate from another country. You know, what, you know there's just a few variables. But, mm. but um, sometime around, you know, middle of the year, I, I would I would estimate, but as I say, the details to be worked through. 33 years at the Arts Council. It's a, it's a pretty impressive. Before then, I think you were doing drama studies, as I remember hearing, <laughs> with the likes of Robin Malcolm and... Um, yeah, we had a very illustrious, illustrious year. You had um, Jonathan Hendry. Yes. Um, yeah, Robin. So, yes, some, Tina Cleary. Some people have, have managed to sustain a, a career in the arts to their great credit. Michael Galvin, who we it, had on the show recently. Indeed, my former flatmate, Michael Galvin. So, <laughs> so you're going to return to the theatre? I hear it's uh, it's a good income earner. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, Although... had a, I had a fatal flaw with theatre, um, uh, which was was rather a career-limiting factor, which is I found learning the lines incredibly hard. Mm. And I quickly realised that there were more talented people, and you've mentioned a number of them, who uh, had more of a gift for it than I did. So I, I, I uh, let them get on with it. Oh, very good. Let's get down to tax in terms of what's going on, because I guess the main reason to have you on at this very time, in, in February of a new year, is it's a pretty major announcement, which is an overhaul of the of the funding service, at least the, the parts of it, eight new funds. Um, I, I, I mean, I think our eyes are going to glaze over if we go through the whole thing, but you're able to <laughs> sort of summarise what's going on. What, what, what are you putting in place from March? Yes, well, uh, eight new funds, and, uh, and as you say, the detail will probably um, make our eyes glaze over. But essentially, uh, what people will see in that is a couple of, of important shifts. And, and these shifts were really um, as a result of deep engagement with the community. You know, so our, our approach to our work increasingly has become, you know, for, by and with, you know, rather than two. So you might recall we're kind of one anger from the top of the north to the bottom of the south. And I suppose we engage with, you know, three or 400 people all told. And we said initially, don't worry about programs. What is it that will be most valuable to you? 
in terms of what Creative New Zealand might do. And so we got some really excellent feedback and, and I want to thank everyone who participated in that in that process because it was very generous of people and it mattered to us and it mattered to them. So there was a good common ground. So in essence, you know, what, what you'll see with these new programs is that artists are at the centre. And it's probably a more holistic view about development than has been the case in the past. So it's not necessarily about here's some money to create something, although that will still continue to be important. It's really um, what is going to be important for you to develop your um, career as a practitioner. So that's people rather than projects, to put it yeah, really close. Yeah, because well, it was always it used to be called project funding. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's right. So it's people and projects is probably a better way to think about it. So there's a more holistic view there about what development looks like beyond doing work. Um, and we heard from the community, you know, that you know they say, well, look, I might, you know, I might be a great playwright or whatever it is in terms of arts practice, but you know, I don't feel confident about, you know developing um, my self-employment because I'm a bit short in terms of what I need in terms of like you know business skills or mm. others who are in small organizations might have said you know I feel a bit short of what I'd like to get to in terms of you know the, the kind of planning and financial management governance or um, our organization is at a bit of a crossroads in terms of how we might need some help to develop our responsiveness to Tariti, you know, so there's a huge range of possibility in there. Um, it's, people are constantly going on about how much bureaucracy they have to go through in the project funding. Is that changing as well? I mean, well, it, certainly less bureaucracy. Um, yeah, uh, we're trying to, um, and, and you'll see this in the in the in the um, you know how it actually un- unfills. So the front end kind of bureaucracy. Um, like what you have to do as an applicant. We, we've tried to simplify and streamline that as much as possible. Um, there is still um, process, which is kind of what bureaucracy can mean in terms yeah. of uh, uh, we still believe it's very important to have peer assessment, you know, so that yeah. that's a key part of our process. I worked as an assessor for quite a few years um, back in the day, and, uh, you know, that process was good. I mean, yeah. th- th- part of that bureaucracy is actually just being thorough, right? Yes, that's right. I mean, it's it's a trade-off, isn't it, Mark? You know, it's, it's, you've got to try and, try and find, you know, as good a balance as you can and acknowledge that from the perspective of the people who are putting forward the proposals, you know, they're putting heart, soul, time, energy into that. And you've got to strike the right balance to get, you know, it's a bit like the porridge. You want it just right <laughs> and um, not too much, not too little. So we're, we're trying to do that. But inevitably... Um, you know, and our attempts are going on the road to go back to the community and say, this is where we've got to, this is how it's been rolled out. But inevitably, there'll be further tweaks as we go to improve it further. Um, I, I guess people are going to say, why is it taking you so long? I mean, a lot of people have been saying, you know, let's put artists first rather than projects for some time. You know, even the government's rolled out mentoring schemes, the last government. Um, uh, you did a lot of work, I feel, since you came in as chief executive and sort of looking at the organisational structure in terms of this support. You know, we're talking mm. about the um, the kakatea and tautara, the yep. supporting the organisations, mm-hmm. but project funding hasn't changed much for a very long time, has it? Well, no, you're right. Um, in part, um, we have had different schemes for mentoring and that kind of thing, but this was kind of folding everything in together into a new kind of omelette and to make that new omelette 
Uh, it does require breaking a few eggs and to do a really thorough, you know, co-design with the community um, has taken a year. Um, pretty mm. hard work, a lot of discretionary effort. So um, people are pretty satisfied with it so far and, and we really hope that people can see the difference when, when they um, begin. I'm speaking to Creative New Zealand Chief Executive Stephen Wainwright. You've indicated that there's, le- there's less money this year. Lo- the way that Lotteries is giving you money is changing and it's going to see less money coming from Lotteries. It looks pretty clear you're not going to get, unless you can tell us different from your conversations with the new minister, Paul Goldsmith, more money from the government this year. That, I don't get that sense. Do you? Well, I, well, I think you had Paul on the show, didn't you? Yes, I did. Well, I put him on the spot a little bit about it. <laughs> well, perhaps you could. Well, look, look um, what, we, what we know is kind of in, in the public domain, which is, you know, um, and, and it's the basis on which, um, you know, the, the new administration's been elected. You know, they've made it very clear that they wish to find savings. And, uh, you know, we've got GOVT in our website address, so we're part of that too. So how that pans out, though, you know, that's part of the political process. We, we may, in fact, not know the detail of that until the um, the budget lands in May. Right. So certainly, you know, I, I couldn't tell you exactly how that's going to pan out. But you've got less money to spend this year. Um, we expect so. And again, the lotteries is a political decision. Uh-huh. You know, there's a new administration um, we know that the ministers are looking closely at it. Um, we don't. We don't know what the outcome of that is, but um, we know that you know um, Minister Goldsmith and any other minister can speak for themselves. But you know, ministers generally want really good results for their portfolios, and we'll go into bat for them. Mm. So you know, we we, um, we hope that it's possible that there might be a better result there. Are you disappointed that over your time as chief exec that you haven't seen an increase? Because there really hasn't been much of an increase in government funding. I know you've had a lot of lotteries. The money's almost doubled from lotteries, or at least I don't know how that fits against inflations. But would you have hoped maybe to have seen some more shift? Um, in the yes, of course. We, one, one hopes for that, um, Mark. Uh, over time, you know, lotteries has been the absolute engine room of the growth that has occurred and, and the growth in, in the sector that we've been able to support. So that's been terrific. It's why it's, why it's very important that any changes are, you know, uh, are um, well thought through. Uh, yeah, it is a bit disappointing, to be honest, and uh, it's always really difficult, as you know, um, to get arts, culture and creativity on the agenda um, and uh, was there a good time? Was there a particular government, just excluding the current one, who were really great to work with? Do you think it was supporting the arts? Well, I suppose it was on the agenda more for some administrations than others. Which, and, which ones would those have been? Well, people remember with with um, uh, a degree of warmth, uh, uh, you know, the the cultural recovery plan that that the Clark administration brought in. Yeah. But administrations of all colours have at times, you know, really gone into bat, you know, because, you know, as you know, government goes in cycles and sometimes the, the wind's in your face, sometimes it's at your back. So, you know, when the um, GFC, post-GFC, you might remember there was a time of, you know, severe belt tightening and, yes, and, and yes. the, the minister at the time, Minister Finlayson, you know, mm. absolutely went into bat for yes, the he did. arts, culture and heritage portfolio. So, you know, it's it's not, um, you know, there's been lots of champions over the years, but uh, 
And there's been lots of interventions that, that have been kind of periodic. Like, you know, there was an enormous additional investment to support the sector during COVID. Yes. That was all one-off, you know. And so would we have welcomed more ongoing resource? Absolutely. Did we endeavour to achieve the outcome? Absolutely. Well, can I ask you about that? Because, you know, you and I both of an age where we can remember, and you have been at the Arts Council at that time, the Heart of the Nation report, I think that was under the Helen Clark administration, but the, the sense of, of recommendations or discussion about a restructure of the way that we fund. So thinking around the way Career of New Zealand is and the way the Ministry of Arts and Culture and Heritage is and how those things might happen. You know, At the moment we have a situation where we have the ballet and the symphony orchestra, Tamatatini, funded separately. Um, and then COVID comes along and um, there's this beautiful COVID recovery package but rather than the funding coming to Creative New Zealand to administer and look after, you're building this huge wealth of knowledge in that area, the ministry sort of had to, had to grow and, and dealt with a lot of that. Do you think there was an opportunity missed there for Creative New Zealand to, to be Well, to be honest, we, we um, the, the level of the response from the government was so massive um, that, I, you know, to be really honest, I think you needed more than one agency in okay. doing, doing the lifting. So you might remember, you know, the, the we completely reconfigured our, our offering to the community and the level of, you know, kind of stuff landing on our desk was about 300% of a normal year. You know, people mm. were under extraordinary pressure to, to do that work. So it wasn't actually feasible for us to do everything and it was really good that the the minister supported the ministry to do that. Um we're often quite good at responding to, you know, I guess emergencies. I think probably the 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 bigger question, which you were kind of talking about before, is um, the systemic difficulty of um, people with big levers to pull, of seeing um, perhaps all of the all of the value and contribution that arts, culture, and creativity can make to society. You know, you know whether it's addressing significant social problems like loneliness, yes. you know, um, health problems, you know, arts on prescription. There's a number of really innovative, cost-effective um, and brilliant ways that the creative community can improve the lives of our citizenry. And, um, you know, it's been quite hard, I think, for, for mm. mainstream thinking to be open to those possibilities, it's perhaps a bit challenging. And yet, I mean, we look across the ditch to a bigger country, Australia, new government have, you know, they campaigned on having a national arts policy or a cultural policy, I think, and have undergone something of a restructure. And, um, you know, it's, it feels like that, that there's a sense where it has. Yes, yeah, certainly, you're absolutely right, Mark. If the stars align, more things are possible. But, uh, you know, I'm very close to my counterpart in the Australia Council, you know, and they had, you know, a fair few years in the wilderness. Yes. And um, it required a new minister, but a minister who had a lot of experience with the portfolio from back in the day, you know, to become a champion for, you know, the range of value, you know, that can be delivered, you know, but with, you know, the normal things, I guess, apply, you know. Good to have a plan, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, what, what are we trying to do here? Oh, let's have a plan, which is what everyone does, but it's not always easy to do in the arts and cultural world. 
And then you put some resource behind it and you can achieve more. It's not, you know, it's not unusual. But of course, we're not in a, in a, in New Zealand and in many other countries, there's not generally a climate of um, expansion. There's more at the moment a climate of austerity. So that's how it is for the moment. Austerity. Well, back to, <laughs> back to austerity and talking about this new, th- th- these, these new funds. So uh, the other unhappy headlines last year, there was a lot around around there not being enough money to go around. I mean, uh, record numbers of applications, I think, and I record numbers of artists not able to be funded by the Crab New Zealand. That was that was sort of the picture we were hearing. Was that correct? Yeah, and um, some of that was, was really um, uh, following on from the, the profound impact that COVID had on the ability of people to earn a living. Um, so that's not as sharp as it was at that time. Um, is this new? Are, are these new funding programs? Have they been? De- well, I guess you're going to say have been designed to kind of, you know, see less of that issue. Well, certainly, um, we um, we can't ourselves address the issue of what comes into our coffers, but we can and are doing everything we can to ensure that what we. Um, put out to the community meets the needs of the community as well as we can, and that's what those programs are designed yeah, to do. But meets the needs of the community, it could be argued sometimes. I mean, in, in the time that you've been involved at, at the Arts Council, so what, since 1990 or so, there's been this a huge growth in the arts and culture, and, and we live in capitalism where the idea is grow, 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 and then at some point, things, some things get, some things fall by the wayside. Some people can't succeed. Um, and I know. I think New Zealand on Air has been criticised on this, and has been looking at it. You know, as you know, diversity is great, but maybe there just isn't enough money to have that many artists being paid really, really well. I wonder. You know, do these new schemes look to fund, I guess, uh, fewer people or, or, or provide more quality than necessarily quantity? Do you think? Well, I, just to go back to what you said, because um, it'd be a high quality problem if we thought that artists were being paid really, really well. Mm. Um, some are, but we know from the research into creative practitioners, which I know that you're familiar with, um, that mm. is not the case. Um, but what we have done with these um, programs, again, is, is to strike um, a good balance of, of resource and to really, where we can, the, the greatest gift we can give is, is time and money for people to work on their practice. So, you know, we, we've tried to do that. Is there... Is there a, a, a you know a fundamental issue between the level of demand and the resource available? Um, you know that's an interesting question. When, when we look around the world and do benchmarking, you know, um, uh, you know we kind of are broadly consistent with other jurisdictions. You oh, know? That was a question I had for you. But that that doesn't matter much if you're one of the ones who's you know whose kind of best endeavours and dreams have been met with a look. I'm really sorry, but we aren't able to support your proposal. Um, I guess the other part of that, Mark, is um, what are the other possibilities? You know, um, and so our, our kind of ancestors in the Arts Council, for example, did some things in the past which were you know. Um, some of them were unpopular at the time, like you know, created the seed funding for the Arts Foundation, you know. So, yes, um, 
I think it would be naive at this time to think that, that public funding is going to address all of the needs. Um, but we're quite lucky in New Zealand in that there are a number of organisations um, that, that also have a role to play, whether it's um, the Arts Foundation or Community Trust or indeed many generous philanthropic people. It's always been, it's always been, you know, if you will, a broad church that enables the arts to do what it does, and, and um, I don't see that changing. Mm. Well, I hope things go well with this rollout of of, of these this new funding model um, for you. Um, just to look back now, just take this mm. moment of pause with our program, Culture One Hundred and One. When you look back on these years, what are you most proud of, of achieving with, <laughs> uh, with Crab? That's an interesting question. Perhaps we can have another another um, discussion <laughs> when, when the curtain finally falls. Um, but we have a we have a, a very broad mandate, but essentially um, it's about all New Zealanders, and uh, and of course New Zealand. If you look at the the original legislation of the Arts Council, because we're sixty years old now, the QE two Arts Council. There's a there's a um, a lovely photo of Queen Elizabeth um, on the stage gifting her name to the Queen Elizabeth II Arts Council in 1963. Uh, and originally, when the council was set up, you know, that was a world ago, it was three people on a budget of £200,000. And to even have the ambition of being a practitioner in New Zealand um, yes. was almost unheard of. Yes. And you will know as well as I do, you know, that names, which are now household names, like Rita Angus, you know, she was extraordinary, but she was very fortunate to come from a fairly wealthy family. Or the late Sir John Trimmer, looking at him coming back to help save the, the ballet company in the early 70s. Yeah. Exactly. So what, what I, what I uh, and this isn't so much about our work per se, it's more about um, over time the environment has changed, and even if it's never going to be the first thing on their mind, um, you know, we've been, we're lucky in New Zealand to have public funding, you know, organisations, whether it's New Zealand On Air or us or Te Manga Paho, who all do their bit to ensure that the cultural cringe that I was certainly familiar with when I grew up, that's something that our kids don't really have. Mm. Um, and that's kind of an intangible thing, but I think you know, our identity as New Zealanders and increasingly our comfort with all the diversity that that means is is something that we should feel really positive about. Thank yeah. you, Stephen. Thank you, Mark. I'm looking forward to hearing what their data so we can let Robin Malcolm and Michael Galvin <laughs> and all those guys know that you're um, available again. <laughs> Kia ora. Thank you, Mark.